Welcome to Security in Color, your soon-to-be favorite podcast, empowering and educating the next generation of cybersecurity professionals. I'm your host, Dominique, a licensed cyber and cloud security professional with almost a decade of experience in the game. Join me weekly as I recap what's going on in the cyber and technology space. And for more resources, check out our website at www.securityincolor.com. Let's jump into today's episode. What's up? What's up? Welcome back to another episode of Security in Color. Guys, we made it to Friday. I think we all deserve not only a pat on the back, but a big collective like woosah, like a big deep (sighs) sigh. I'm still into my meditation thing, so I try to listen. I use the Calm app. So I listened to like Tamara Lavitt and she's like, inhale one, two, three. And I feel like that's what I need after the week that I've just been through. It's like it beat me up every week. I feel like I'm being beat up by the world. And I was like, God, it's like, damn, give me a second. I'm trying to catch up. Like, let me breathe. But this week has been a lot. I know if it's been a lot for me, it probably hopefully has not been a lot for you. But if it has it's okay. We made it. This whole month has been a lot. I was just talking to a friend about how like every single week of January has literally been something new. And I'm like, what the entire, like what's happening? But if you have been keeping up with the U.S. stock market as it feels like everyone has been because it's all over the news, I'm pretty sure you two have been saying uh, what the hell is happening and going on on this side of town. Honestly, we can't tell you. I can't tell you. I don't know what's happening. I'm hoping February comes and it's just like the big collective like refresh. Like actually 2021 doesn't start for me until February 1st. January doesn't count. I can't do it. I just, I refuse to take it into consideration. It's just, it's above me now. (laughs) I don't even have the energy to like recap what's been happening over here, but you know, I'm pretty sure it's, again, all over social media. I care about the fact that I made it to the weekend, right? Because I, for one, have a plan. Once I log off for work, listen, I am wrapping myself up like a burrito and sleeping my life away and binging Naruto. Okay, I've been trying to finish this series for a minute. I've watched it before, but I'm rewatching it. And it's kind of like brand new because I just have bad memory. But like, I'm just binging anime this weekend that is my to-do list like I'm a to-do list person who checks things off I'm checking off the fact that I'm binging anime this weekend so regardless of what you're doing I hope it is relaxing and unwinding from the week that we just had all right on to today's episode you know I got you with the weekly cybersecurity tea don't worry This week's news includes two segments featuring ADT, the security monitoring company who has been in the news recently and not for good things. There were some security flaws found in uh, eKindle, Amazon's eKindle, which I wanted to bring up because if you're like me, I'm an avid book reader in my pastime and I've just, not just started, maybe within the past year or so, switched to like e-reading or digital reading. Um, Because I was one of those people who I I would just buy books. I would be up in Barnes & Noble buying books because it was a Tuesday, okay? (laughs) I love to read and I love like cracking the binding open and like writing notes and all that kind of good stuff. But I was having a Marie Kondo moment and I was like, all right, girl, you got all these books. You ain't reading them (laughs) or you're not getting them 
as I'm not getting through my books as quickly as I was buying them. So I was like, take take a second and, you know, try to do Kindle books or I've been doing Audible and all that kind of good stuff. So found a little something that was happening that was making me a little concerned, but they got it together. I also found a really interesting law being proposed in Utah, um, which if you are like me and you watch MTV back in the day, then you know what I'm talking about or you will know what I'm talking about. And lastly, I'll give you the reason why you might be soon experiencing an uptick in those really annoying robocalls and why. So without further ado, let's jump into today's episode. Disturbing news came out of the news cycle this week regarding ADT, the electronic home security monitoring company, and a former employee who completely violated the privacy of its customers. Former ADT employee Telsfero Avil admitted that he would take advantage of his access to customers' home security devices when that customer was an attractive woman. Based in Dallas, Texas, the former employee would add his personal email to the accounts of women he found desirable and watch them in real time without them knowing. The company was only informed about this issue due to a customer who was pretty diligent, saw that this was happening, and called to report an unauthorized email address on their account. Now, he was immediately terminated and reported to law enforcement. But by the time they learned about this issue, this employee had accessed roughly 200 accounts more than 9,600 times without consent over a four-year time span. Fortunately, he is now facing up to five years in federal prison, but this now puts ADT on the list of companies who are facing an uptick of insider threats and customer distrust. Now, insider threat is something that we spoke about in our previous episode in the 2021 cybersecurity predictions. And the rise of insider threat as a service becoming more of an issue for businesses actually is coming true. As employees continue to work from home, it is important that businesses continue to prioritize, address, and mitigate security risks as best they can. And unfortunately, employees are a security risk. Now, I've spoken about before and I've done presentations on the fact that, you know, humans are inherently seen as like the weakest link in a business. And when it comes to insider threat, insider threat is basically a threat to your company that can come from a current employee, a former employee, contractors, essentially anyone who has access um, to your sensitive information and can use it against you in some way. So whether or not they're mad at you or whether or not they're just taking advantage of Maybe if you have relaxed security processes like this, like ADT has, because the fact that they don't have any kind of checks and balances as to how um, an employee can add themselves or add an email, the fact that you can add a personal email address to a customer's account, let alone not even just your um, employee email address, and the fact that they haven't caught this in four years, just lets me know how they take security at over there, which is concerning because you're a security monitoring company and you're not monitoring inside. So I digress. But again, insider threat is something that all businesses kind of, you know, here, not all businesses, most businesses kind of take into consideration. But again, I think with the fact that everyone's working from home, the 
the state that our society is moving into and just, you know, all of the conflicts that are happening, because I do think now digital wars are, are becoming a thing and becoming more prevalent where governments are having to and businesses are having to take that into consideration. Insider threat is going to make a big splash in the future. As if the fact that a former employee violated their customer's privacy wasn't enough, researchers have recently found a flaw in ADT's LifeShield video doorbell that can allow an attacker nearby to hack into their live video feed or eavesdrop on their conversation. For those not familiar, LifeShield Video Doorbell by ADT is simply a device that allows you to enter the doorbell remotely using their app. Similar to um, AWS, has, AWS, Amazon has one. They're one and the same. Amazon has one. A lot of smaller companies also have one. You can essentially buy a smart doorbell um, just so that way, you know, if someone's at your door and you're like all the way upstairs in your bed, you can check out who's at your front door from the comfort of your bed without having to get up if you don't want to. Now, there were several flaws outlined by the researchers. The first being that if an attacker is near your home, so they can be maybe walking by your home, they can be in a car, they can be your neighbor, they can literally be anywhere. And if they're able to connect to your Wi-Fi, which, you know, they shouldn't because you got the strongest Wi-Fi password out there, but, you know, in case you don't, (laughs) they would be able to, you know, View your credentials of your devices by simply knowing your MAC address. And, you know, MAC address is just a way to identify a device on your network. I won't get into the nitty gritty because networking is pretty complicated. But if you hear anything, IP address, MAC address, just know that that is a kind of like digital address to identify and for network traffic and devices to talk to each other. Um, Different from like unique identifiers, such as if I'm naming a device, saying I'm naming my phone like, Dominique's iPhone, or if I name of my computer, Dominique's computer, my devices don't read that, right? They they don't care about the human readable form. They care about the form that or the addresses that make sense to them, such as MAC addresses, IP addresses, network address, X, Y, Z. So anyway, if they know this MAC address, one of these addresses, um, and they're able to sniff out a request packet, which is essentially a packet is um, a piece of information that's traveling through your network and it can t- it can contain information about anything. Sometimes it contains information about credentials, hopefully not unencrypted. But if so, if this attacker is on your network and they're able to use, basically sniff out this traffic and they find something that has your administrative password, boom, they're able to gain full access over your camera. Now, Fortunately, ADT has deployed a patch to the impacted devices. But once again, this kind of just brings up the issue of the fragility of connected ecosystems in your home, right? We've talked about before about smart devices essentially taking over everything. The businesses, the home, they're convenient. You know, again, I too am one of those people I like to have smart bulbs, right? I have, I set the ambiance with smart lights. So if you're similar to most of consumers nowadays, you have some kind of smart device. You have a smart TV. You might have an Alexa or Google Home. You might have smart bulbs, a smart fridge, a smart, you know, XYZ kind of thing. Um, It creates this ecosystem that's super convenient for customers. But unfortunately, like the security of IoT devices still have a very, very... (laughs) very long way to go. 
And it's continuously leaving customers at risk. And they continue to bring these in their home without knowing. I remember seeing, uh, I don't even think it was a proposal, I don't think it was a proposal, but it was like an article or something that was saying, should these smart devices have like a warning label or, you know, something in the documentation that says, listen, girl, this device has has flaws. Like, And that taking these flaws into your home opens up, can open up your home to risk. Now, I know that's definitely probably never going to happen because then every device is going to have that and companies don't want that impacting their bottom line or people buying their products. But I do think it is information that should be out there somehow, some way. And right now, the only way you would know that if one, if you're interested in that kind of stuff or two, if you listen to things like this, right? Or things like security and color where I inform you about this. But again, most of the times, if you're coming from it to security and color, it's because you're interested in some way about cybersecurity, right? And if you have consumers who are not interested in cybersecurity, how do they get that information? So we'll just, we shall see. If you are a user of smart devices, again, as many of us are, please take the time to update your device update your devices as soon as patches come out. You don't even got to think about it out of sight, out of mind. You go ahead and put that little automated update, automatic update uh, setting feature enabled. So that way it can go ahead and do it for you. And most of the time your device will kind of let you know like, hey, there's an update available. Like go ahead and press that button. Don't delay it. Make sure you're protecting yourself and check who's on your Wi-Fi. You can check that too by going to your router. Um, Logging into your settings, you can usually figure out what kind of router you have. Um, Google it, figure out how you can log in or call the whoever you're getting your internet provider from. And like, listen, I need to make sure I'm keeping up on my, like who's connected to my Wi-Fi so that way I know what's happening in my environment. Either way you want to do it, I highly advise you to double check it as often as you can. This next segment hit a little too close to home for me as I have recently become, like I said before, a more active ebook reader. And recently, Amazon addressed a number of vulnerabilities in its Kindle e-reader platform that would have allowed an attacker to take over an unsuspecting victim's device simply by accepting a malicious ebook. Now, if you are familiar with Kindle and eBooks, you know they have a buy a book that that when you buy a book from the Kindle um, digital digital store, you can send that to basically send that book to any of your registered devices and go ahead and get your read on. While the discovered security flaws, which is being called Kindle Drip, you'll notice a lot of the times if you're keeping track of like vulnerabilities or maybe looking up a security article, they'll name, and it usually comes from the security researcher, like they'll name whatever security vulnerability or flaw it is. So that way they don't have to keep saying um, what's called a CVE number. And the CVE number is just an identification number um, that lets you know what this security flaw is. So if I wanted to, so for example, if this, um, this particular flaw, which is called Kindle Drip, its CVE number is like one, two, three, four, uh, 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 you know, apple pie or something like that, right? Instead of saying, you know, CVE one, two, three, four, apple pie, every time I'm trying to talk about the CVE, um, instead, I would give it a more kind of like user-friendly name, which is called Kindle Drip in this, in this instance, because it's about the Kindle. But anyway, 
this security flaw took advantage of the convenient feature of the fact that you could just very easily do a one-click send a book to um, your registered device. And what this will do is that it will let an attacker send a victim a malicious ebook. And once that ebook is downloaded and parsed, you know, malicious code is executed. And basically the attacker can take over your e-reader device, steal your credentials, and make unauthorized purchases. Now, the crazy part about this attack is that the only thing the attacker needed to know about the victim is their email address. And we all know that unfortunately our email addresses have appeared in one, too many breaches for me, meaning attackers could do very broad phishing attacks to unsuspecting users who are just looking to read a book, aka me. <laughs> Luckily, these flaws were fixed, and hopefully, if you are a Kindle reader, you have updated your device, like I had said in the last segment, update, 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 update. That's probably going to be the name of this episode, update, update, update. <laughs> and I know, as annoying as updating every single device you have can be, it is better safe to be sorry, especially for me, because listen, I'm serious about my books. They're not going to come for me and my books. Okay. Okay. Make sure you update. Utah has proposed new legislation that could soon make it illegal to catfish in the state. Now, if you watch MTV back in 2012, like I did, unfortunately, then I'm sure you remember Nev and Max, the host of the hit TV show Catfish. It was an American-based reality documentary, and I don't even know if documentary is really the right word, but it was a show that basically exposed the truths and lies of online dating. Now, for those of you not familiar, catfishing is a form of online deception where a person creates this like whole fake persona on usually on social network but they'll have like email addresses they'll populate that social media to like like if it was a real person essentially in order to lure someone into a relationship now usually it's for money or gifts like someone trying to get their rent paid but more often than not it's for attention well the state of utah has had enough of this. <laughs> and they came up with a provision up for debate soon in which catfishing will become a criminal offense when you impersonate someone online with the intent to do harm, defraud, intimidate, or threaten them. Now, the provision is part of a larger bill aimed at tackling holding companies accountable for data breaches, but this seemingly small crime will become a third-degree felony and covers anything from sending an email, a text message, or even an instant message online to someone without their consent with the intent to catfish. Now, I watched the show Catfish. It was super interesting. <laughs> and I know for a fact, like, reality or not, because, you know, this was, like, really early in the days of reality TV where, we didn't really know it was scripted, but it probably was scripted, but it was still good enough, even if it wasn't scripted. Um, and like regardless of the show, you can tell like it's pretty prevalent and definitely causes harm, whether or not it was intentional or not. And whether or not most of the, the catfish and TV was like um, emotional abuse ones or something that I would consider emotional abuse. Um, but again, there's people uh, examples of where people who are really trying to get paid. Um, because back in 2018, a catfishing scam was able to get over 42 members of the U.S. Armed Forces out of $560,000, like doll heirs, when prison inmates in South Carolina posed as attractive women online and lured the men into online romances and were able to scam them out of a whole bunch of money. And while this 
specifically is local to Utah, this law. I'm pretty sure this legislation, if it's passed, will be a starting ground for many other states who are wishing to tackle online scams and just serves as yet another reminder as to why we need a more universal privacy and digital like cybersecurity laws at the federal level. So that way, you know, states are not having to try to tackle this individually. But I do understand there's so much online digital crime, but Apparently, catfishing is something that is, you know, getting the people's. It's, it's, it's getting everybody. So we'll see how this plays out and whether or not this becomes a more universal uh, law that comes into play. Don't fall for catfishing, guys. Something that I experienced personally and find to be more than mildly annoying are robo and fraudulent calls. And while I have resorted to sending numbers straight to voicemail, like you don't even get a pickup for me anymore. I do not answer numbers I do not know. Um, every now and then one slips through, especially if, if you're like waiting for a call from someone who's, you know, not on your call list. Like sometimes you just don't know. But as my mama said, if it was important, you're going to leave a voicemail. <laughs> and you know what I mean about robocalls. You know, you pick up, you might hear there's, there's a scam out there where like you might hear a beep and you don't hear anything else. Or you might hear a beep and you might hear someone say hello because they're trying to get you to, I think, say a certain phrase or something like that. Or perhaps it's an automated message. I've gotten those automated messages that says, hey, you won a free vacation, like lottery to the Bahamas or something like that. Like, girl, I didn't. It's okay. I'll I, Don't call me. <laughs> Either way, these calls, it, like, there's this phrase that I heard recently that, like, embodies, I'm a New Yorker in case you didn't know, and there's this phrase that literally embodies, like, how I feel about these robocalls and a lot of things in general. Like, someone had said that it really scuffs my Tims, and if you're a New Yorker and you know about Tims and getting scuffs on your Tims, like, how seriously annoying that can be like it can ruin it has the potential to ruin your whole day so like robocalls especially because they've been coming back to back really scuffs my tims okay now unfortunately for facebook users and any users who've been associated with facebook at any time these calls are going to increase as it has been found that these phone numbers of more than 533 million users are currently being sold by a bot now nevertheless on an encrypted messaging platform called Telegram. Now, these numbers were stolen when someone was able to exploit a vulnerability in the social media platform. Now, that has since been patched, but the numbers are being sold at $20 a pop, and it essentially lets you know any potential customer kind of peruse through whatever list of phone numbers, select what they want, and wreak havoc. Now, while you know, many kind of think, well, it's just a phone number. I'm going to send them the voicemail, X, Y, Z. We must remember that phone numbers are attached to many kinds of attacks. In addition to the really, really annoying robocalls, phone scams are still pretty prevalent, especially among the older and more, most vulnerable in our community. SMS text message attacks can happen, not to mention that attackers can just decide to collect information and like snoop for more information later for a more coordinated attack we're always on our phone so it's a matter of time before someone gets got like you might just slip up and even though this data kind of dates back to 2019 the average person doesn't change their phone number that often so if you do experience an uptick in phone attacks this is prime information in the wrong hands 
So if you start to get, you know, a little bit more fake calls than normal and you don't know why it's happening or maybe some random text messages that don't make sense, you can definitely thank Facebook for that and for a lot of whole bunch of other crap. (laughs) And that's a wrap for today's episode. Thanks for tuning in and getting your weekly dose of cybersecurity news with your girl. I'll see you next time. Bye.